You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. Tech Fan Podcast number 129. Tim Robertson, David Cohen. Everything from new products to TV shows at the very end. You gotta, you gotta stick around the whole show. And it is tech fan number 129. I'm Tim Robertson. I'm David Cohen. How are you, David? I'm pretty good today, actually. We uh, we did a whole show last week, pretty much. Yeah. And then our guest shows up with like 10 minutes to go before we're going to wrap. So then you did another one. So I did it. Yeah, pretty <laughs> much. It. It's it's pretty much a whole different show after you and I talked for a couple segments. And uh, I think it came out pretty well. I enjoyed talking yeah, was- to Roger Hector. It was very interesting. Very interesting indeed. He's, you know, I would have liked to have gone more into his background and stuff, but you know, when it, uh, somebody like that has a new project, that's really what they're on there to talk about. And yeah. they'll suffer through the, okay, we'll talk about the other stuff to get to what I'm trying to promote and make money with now. But I wouldn't mind having him and inviting him back on sometime when the whole Kickstarter and, and uh, the Seriously game is either, you know, out there or it's not. And uh, talk about his past. I think that would be really, really cool. And plus, he's obviously friends with Al Elkhorn, and he would be really fun to get on the show as well. Yep. But, yeah, speaking of that, though, let me... uh, This is exactly a week, so today should be eight days left in that Kickstarter for Seriously. Right. Uh, I just clicked the link from uh, techfan.com, episode number 128. There are now 88 backers with nine days to go and he's at 5,120 bucks. So they're not going to make it. I don't mean to be a pessimist, but I'm a realist as well. Well, you know, he, fortunately he did, he did have other ideas. I mean, he's not pinning everything on Kickstarter, but you know, Kickstarter is one of those things. Now it's a bit of a crapshoot. It's, it is. And he said that himself. Yeah. It's too popular. Yes. It's got that. Um, it's got the iTunes store problem, which you can't, you can't, you can't there's so much stuff on there you can't find the good stuff and the bad stuff yeah and also everything looks fairly good <laughs> it's like it's until you like, download uh, it well it's kind of like it's kind of like um and I don't, i'm not saying this about about roger's thing but you know everything is a potential empty promise because we've all read plenty of stories now of stuff that come out comes out of kickstarter and is disappointing yeah uh i mean that that OU console you were talking about a couple of weeks ago that that was a kickstarter project yep and and you know, probably one of the biggest ones they ever had in terms of backing and funding. Yep. And and yet, you know, with the best will in the world, I know you liked it, but generally the re- reviews have been fairly mediocre. And I would agree with all of those reviews. The reason I like it is yeah. because of the retro stuff, and that's nothing that they were really promoting heavily. No, and in fact, that was one thing. I read rev- uh, after we did that show, I read a, another review of it where basically that was exactly the same conclusion that reviewer came to. He said, if you're into retro games, this is a fantastic deal. If you've ever bought one of yeah. those, you know, those Atari sticks with the 15 games in, yes. he said, never bother with those again. Buy one of these. You'll be happy as, as Larry. But, um, you know, the uh, problem is, is that in terms of its core thing, which is kind of a, a competing console for uh, the main systems they kind of say well it's, it's not really there yet yeah but at 99 bucks i don't really think it is a comparison to you know the big systems the only thing that really has in common is it connects to your television yeah thus you know those comparisons are going to be made fairly or unfairly i don't compare it to those because i have the systems i have all the systems uh it's its own thing and it, and it, yeah. fe- it fills uh, a niche that i wanted but yeah. I do wonder if this does become mainstream, very popular. Let's say it it kind of becomes the new Wii, where everyone goes out and buys one. And uh, for the most part, collects dust. But let's assume a lot of people go out and buy it. Will the big game companies like, I don't know, Nintendo, allow this thing out there that supports and promotes pirating of their games? Because as much as I like to you know, find and download ROMs and play them. And not all illegal ones. I'll give you a prime example of that in a minute. Um, 
this is, you know, it's you're downloading an illegal game and they're promoting it on the system with emulators. Yeah. I mean, that's a very, it, it's not even a, a tricky situation. That's illegal to download and, and distribute that kind of content. It's totally illegal. And, and many of the people who, who are in the emulation community justify that by saying, well, this is abandoned. Excuse me, Mike. Let me silence my phone. That's but very see, rude. It's not abandoned. That's the thing, David. With well, the, Nintendo's no, yeah. Virtual Console, many of those games are still for sale in a virtual form on the Nintendo platform. That's right. But people, look, it's a, it's a piracy self-justification, isn't it? They like to say what's well, is abandoned because they're not using that property in the latest and greatest game, so therefore they're obviously not interested in it. So we're perfectly all right to copy the ROM. Yeah. Or they'll say it's abandoned because Nintendo doesn't sell the cartridges anymore, even though I have a perfectly, you know, well-working stupid Nintendo right here. I can't buy the cartridges anymore. Or they'll say it's abandoned because I don't like what they've done with the property. And in fact, the original game was the pure version, and what they've got now is a pile of rubbish. Sure, it's it it is it is self justification. I'm not I'm not either condoning it or excusing it. Um, you know, I'm recognizing that it's illegal. Um, I do un- understand some of the sentiments, and it always sounds faint. You know, I think when you read online and let's that, be honest so, you yeah. and i are downloading roms i have in the past you have i have past. i We're certainly not. i certainly have you know i, I downloaded reminds- a lot more when i got this <laughs> i did i went because i couldn't find all the roms would, that i had I from would, before <laughs> i would just i would just remind you that the nsa is listening to everything oh, that's okay um but no i yeah i've done that in the past but it's this kind of reminds me of, of an incident happened a few years ago um you may remember i've talked about a, a, a big game from the British computer scene in the 80s called Elite. Yes. Which is, yeah, like a space trading simulator. It was one of the first of its type, kind of like Wing Commander Privateer. Um, but, you know, it, it was running on these really tiny uh, eight, you know, 32K computers. We 6502 computers back then. It was a real achievement. Sure. You know. Uh, now, the two guys who wrote that wrote that when they were at, at Cambridge University, and they kind of fell out later on. And there was a situation developed where one of them felt it was perfectly all right for him on his website to publish and allow to be downloaded the original games in pretty much every version they ever wrote it for, Nintendo, uh, Acorn BBC, Spectrum, Commodore 64, uh, you know, pretty much every B- uh, PC. He, he had them all hosted on his website. And the other guy who he wrote it with thought it was his property and was gonna do, was gonna do more, and in fact did do a couple more games supposedly in the same universe, right? And he ended up taking legal action against the guy who was hosting the stuff he'd written himself, saying you can't publish this anymore, you can't use the name, you can't do that. And if everybody who was interested in downloading those playable copies of the games were up in arms. Oh, it's you know the guy's not doing anything with it now, and why is he trying to do this? He's not making any, nobody's making any money off this, and it's you know. And, but, but this is what it comes down to. It's always disappointing if you're into emulation and then one of the companies you're down, you've downloaded a ROM for, for you, you would talk about Burger Time, yeah. for instance. If the owner of Burger Time came along one day and basically spent a lot of money going through the internet, removing every copy of that ROM, you'd be pretty upset because they're not doing anything. There's no Burger Time games out there now. Actually, there is. And, uh, well, yeah. Okay, I'm using it as a, as a talking point. <laughs> I know. Don't undermine my <laughs> argument here. Yeah. <laughs> but the point... That, ducks that is, in a barrel. Yeah, but it sucks. Wait, no, fish in a barrel. The current game sucks, yeah. The current <laughs> game sucks, so the original's the best one. Sure. It's, it, it is that situation. It's kind of, well, if nobody's making any money off it or marginal money off it, why should they mind if somebody's using the old version? But the point is, it is their property. Yeah, it absolutely and they, is. They have the right to say you can't use it, and they have the right. If you want to take the attitude that anybody who says you can't use it is a jerk, well, they have a right to be a jerk because it's their stuff to be a jerk with. That's right. So, uh, and that is. And the who situation. knows how and I would feel if if someone was taking this podcast and breaking up the audio and and repurposing it for their own use, or and then distributing it. I don't know yeah. how I'd feel about that. Yeah, I know. I agree. It's exactly I'd, I'd, the same. I think I'd probably be like, "Cool, my stuff's out there," but. You know, I, well, it I depends. Don't know. <laughs> I, I, again, it comes down to if somebody was doing it as kind of an artist pro- art project or something that was cool, and it became an internet meme. Yeah, that'd be nice. But, but if, if somebody- I heard, if I heard, you know, <laughs> our conversation 
in a Jay-Z song, exactly. I would probably have a problem with that. It, well, it would, you would certainly say, well, it would be nice if I was compensated in some way for the, for the yeah. use of that audio. A little sugar here uh, and there and, won't and hurt. And that's, that's often not the way it goes. And, yeah. you know, this is, this is, this is the argument. And uh, it's, it's hard to know which side you come down on, really. It is. Um, because because it, there, are, there are good arguments on each side. And on but, a personal uh, basis, I know it's wrong. But I also yeah. do it because I want to play these games, and many of these games, I I can't get anymore. Yeah, uh, but and a that, lot of these games, David, I actually do own the actual original cartridge, so uh, I can kind of justify it that way. But nah, not really. Then yeah, then then we then we really get into the argument. It's a gray area. A legal perspective that doesn't matter. I know. <laughs> Unless so, you. Yeah. One of the cool things about the whole emulation thing is. When people hear, oh, it's got a, a Nintendo or an Atari emulator, oh, I could play old games. Well, this is something that uh, a lot of people out there listening may not know. There's still developers developing for the Atari 2600. Yeah. There's still, uh, it's, cr- and for the NES, actually more for the NES than the Atari. And it's kind of crazy. So how do you play these games for your Atari? Well, you can buy in some places. Atari Age is a good place to go, by the way. Uh, you can actually buy a brand new cartridge. They will ship it to you with instructions in a box. It's a brand new cartridge. You could pop it in your Atari, and you can actually play this game. That's pretty cool. I've never yeah. done it because even I'm not quite that geeky. Buying a brand new Atari 2600 games would just feel goofy to me. I don't yeah. know. But something did catch my eye. Now, in the interview with uh, Roger last week, I mentioned I am a classic video gamer on Facebook. Well, after that show, I, I posted a link to that group saying, hey, there's an interview with Roger. So we got a whole, like, two and a half listeners from that, probably. Um, there was a post from a Marty Goldberg, and it says, new VCS Donkey Kong. Well, the VCS is, you know, the video game count. Uh, the is 2600, system. yeah. Yeah, so it's Atari 2600. I thought, Wait, yeah. they never released Donkey Kong for it. That's a Nintendo product. And there's a video, a YouTube link to it, and uh, I was kind of amazed. And I posted on there, can is, are they going to release the ROM? And uh, somebody sent me the link to the ROM on the Atari Age forums. The developer actually released the ROM. It's still in beta, but there's the ROM. So I, I downloaded the ROM, put it on the flash, well, on the thumb drive, put it on the yeah. OUYA, and I played it. And uh, no, it's not as good as Donkey Kong the original but and it and it sc- actually it scrolls you can't see the whole screen at the same time it scrolls up and down well that yeah i mean there are real yeah the real memory limitations on 2600 it but it's absolutely donkey kong and this guy did it from scratch and i i'm amazed i was i was shocked by it if uh you know if i was inclined to uh, i would love to get somebody that Developed still for the Atari 2600 on this show because I think that would be a fun conversation to have. But it would probably really, you know, <laughs> fall into one of those, wow, I don't know what the hell they're talking about because he'd start talking about code and. Ugh. Yeah. You, you know what? You're mistaken. There was a Donkey Kong for the 2600 because I used to have it. I remember playing it. Donkey Kong for the 2600, really? Yeah. Boy, yeah. I don't remember that at all. I'm going to. It was, it. I mean, look, the, the, it, it, it was very, very stripped down. Because obviously the twenty six hundred couldn't, it didn't even have the power to do that sort of graphics. But yeah, it it, it was there, and it was oh, yes, it was the full game. Sure, I yeah, see it. Uh, it looked really bad too. Yeah, well, everything on the twenty six hundred you look pretty yeah, bad. That's, mm. <laughs> it's interesting. What reminds me is, is Donkey Kong uh, looks like a mud monster. Yeah. <laughs> what was interesting about that is that you remember the Pac Man they did for the twenty six hundred, which was really awful. Yep. It looked like it'd been coded in about ten minutes, and I think it probably had. I remember they did Miss Pac-Man for the twenty-six hundred, and it was like night and day. It was so much better. Oh yeah. Um, and uh, you know, it just goes to show somebody who really knew what they were doing really could make that system sing. But uh, but you you were still working with something. I mean, it's it's kind of crazy now that we have we have devices in our hands that uh, are so much more powerful. Not not just more powerful than the stuff we had 20 years ago, but the stuff we had five years ago. I mean, you you would think that, you know, if you weren't in the know, wow, you downloaded an entire video game, Donkey Kong, you just downloaded it. 
Yeah, it was less than like 20K. I mean, it was nothing. Yeah. Uh, the first two minutes of this podcast is physically larger in hard drive space than all of the Atari games put together ever made for the 2600. And I'm not joking. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's crazy. But yeah, it's it's an amazing world we live in. And, and I like that there's still this... Unlike, I think, a lot of generations prior, David, we're at a time now where we can still enjoy stuff like video games from the 70s and 80s. And that there's still a thriving community that you could find very easily online and recapture that magic of your youth. And I think that's cool that we're not just throwing stuff away anymore. We don't. I know. Yeah, I know. But we are, I mean, we are approaching the time, probably in the next 15, 20 years, when actually interest in this classic stuff is going to come really niche. Sure, as the but next, that's, that's as next generation grows up, you know, yeah. But I mean, it's it's to the point where really stuff that was really really big and important to us back in the day is going to be virtually forgotten about. You know, everyone's going to remember Space Invaders and and that sort of thing, which was the obviously the biggest, the kind of the poster right, boy. But not for too many people are going to remember Burger video. Time. No, well, that's that's kind of where I was going with it. Absolutely, there's going to be some real classic stuff that's going to disappear. It's literally going to disappear hmm. because, uh, particularly if if emulation, you know, dies out. The old always has to give way for, to the new. That's just yeah, the that, way it is. that's that's true. But it, it's I get maybe it's something about about getting older. But you start to realize that stuff that was really important to you when you were a kid is going to be kind of forgotten about. Well, some and, of that's uh, probably good though. I mean, I don't want well, yeah, anybody yeah. wearing parachute pants anymore. That's. <laughs> Bell bottoms kind yeah. of started making a little bit of a comeback, but thankfully not a big one. You you don't think men wearing um, vibrant neon pink uh, cardigans with white piping is is really a good look? Or, I, I personally you know, think those, it is, yes, but you know I don't speak for everyone, David. Those 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 white kind of cotton pants with the uh, wearing wearing the uh, espadrille shoes, no socks, the kind of the Sunny Crockett. <laughs> well, let's take it's a quick break and. Uh, do a little bit of nostalgia for the stoplight network and Dave and I'll be right back. Hello people. My name's Peter Bird and I'm the host of the Deeper Look podcast. The idea behind the show is that we talk to our guests and we learn more about them, the subjects, the people, the things that shape their lives or the things they're interested in or the things they would possibly want to know more about. Basically, we just like to look a little deeper and see what's there and to learn. If that appeals to you, or you like that idea, or if even if you have a guest that you think we should try and speak to, then come on by and give us a go. We are part of the Stoplight Network. Siri, I'm looking for a new Apple podcast to listen to. Any recommendations? I found one new podcast for you, but it looks like they only record themselves drinking and chatting about the latest Apple news and rumor. Well, that sounds great. What's it called? It's called the MacGist Podcast. But Nick, why would anyone listen to that? Well, Siri, alcohol is the anesthesia by which we endure the operation of life. I found these five rehab clinics near you. Would you like directions? Ugh, Siri, enough with the rehab. Just download the latest MacGis podcast now. I'm sorry, Nick. I cannot do that at this time. Go home, Siri. You're drunk. That's not nice. Eh, what does she know anyways? Check us out over at themacgistpodcast.com. Back here on Tech Fan number 129, Tim Robertson, David Cohen. Make sure you go up to stoplightnetwork.com. Take a listen to that show. I think you'll probably like it. And uh, we've got a lot of shows in the Stoplight Network. Make sure you uh, check them all out. You're going to find at least one show that you like. At least, right, David? Oh, more than one. Well, I'm being, you know, pessimistic <laughs> yeah. and saying at least they're, one. They're all good. They're, they're all, all good. they're all podcasting gold. So I've been getting a lot of products for review lately, David. And uh, yeah, yeah, you know, I talked about briefly unboxing that um, document scanner from Kodak. Yeah, and this isn't my official review because I haven't played with it too long yet. Mm-hmm. But I'm not impressed so far. The no. software is atrocious. Uh, loading in paper to it doesn't seem very intuitive. Um, it's fast, but by default, it scans everything in black and white. And uh, yeah, the the OCR software, my first couple passes, was way off, way way off. See, 
this is what kind of frustrates me about this industry. Have people not learned yet that just having a good piece of hardware, good engineering, isn't enough if the whole package doesn't work together? No, they don't. It's, it seems, you know, it really does feel like it's kind of a. They put all the effort into the hardware, and the, and the, yeah. the software, at least on the Mac side, is just—it's just not good, man. I don't I, think it's any better on the PC. I mean, every I every printer and scanner I've ever bought is bundled with a whole load of cheap shovelware that doesn't do a decent job. Yep. And I Why was really not? careful when I installed. And actually, I went to the website and downloaded the most current version, because of course, what's on the CD when it comes with it is out of date. It's- yeah. Heaven forbid they just give me a little flash drive with a URL link that you can just click, double click. Works on a Mac or PC, and it takes you right to the download page. Heaven forbid. Yeah. Um, nah, I'm not impressed so far, man. I got to be honest. And, and, and for it the amount of money that they're charging yeah. for this, three hundred fifty to four hundred bucks. Eh. You see, I think that's the that's the thing that really bothers me. I can kind of live with the shovelware when you're spending thirty, forty dollars on a really yeah, cheap printer. Sure or a scanner but you know if you're spending a lot of money for a top quality product why don't you get kind of a bundled copy of, of adobe acrobat in there that does the scanning and everything yeah or um you know pdf pen or or any of the of a multitude of products that that you know abby fine reader or something like that that can do decent ocr well the, uh, the ocr than, i would say with a non-scientific i would say is probably around 75 percent accurate which means I don't think that's you're good not going to use it, right? I, it's you no. can you can use if that for a legal document. If you've got to re- if you've got to recheck everything, what's the point of having a high speed scanner if you've got to check every page you scan? And you absolutely would have to. Yeah. So it doesn't. It, 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 interestingly enough, I had a very similar. Com- I met up with my brother earlier on this week when I was down in London, uh, the the one who lives in in Europe in yeah, Paris, yeah. Mm-hmm. and. Um, he, I noticed he was rocking two phones. He's, he's rocking an iPhone 5 and a Galaxy uh, S4 from Samsung. So I said, I said, why are you carrying two phones? He says, well, I'm, I'm over here in London for two days a week and then I'm back home. He says, so the iPhone is my French phone and the Galaxy S4 is my English phone. You know, so it rather than swapping SIMs or anything, and and I said, well, why did you choose the Galaxy S4? And he says, well, he he works for a PR company, so he said said at the time I was offered it, Samsung were an account, we had an account with them, they were doing some work with us, so I thought it might be useful to have one of their products. Uh, so you know, he says nothing more embarrassing than representing a client than find you using a competitor's product. That's true. So and 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 he said I took the view that this was their brand new hot phone. They've just released it. That'd be the best thing they had. And, um, you know, so I got it. And I, I said, so how do you like it? And he said, I love the hardware. The screen is amazing. It's one that is, the S4 is kind of a big sure. phone. Yeah. Yeah. He said, the software on it is horrible. Mm-hmm. Hor- he said, horrible to the point that I hate using it and I can't wait to get back to my iPhone. So I said, well, that's, that's a fairly strong reaction. I said, you know, kind of, and as I've obviously, as you know, I've got an Android phone, an older, older version, and mine's not kind of customized. I said, what are the problems with this? So he sat down and showed me. There was jerky scrolling. There was, uh, it was very difficult to, to find the applications because there's so much stuff they've preloaded it with. Yep. Yeah. Um, and the biggest thing, he says, he says, when I'm, when I'm using my phone, he says, I have it playing music all the time. Anytime I'm not doing anything else, I like to be listening to music. He says, every time you change the volume on this, before you, when you hit the rocker and it's playing music, before you can actually change the volume, it pops up a thing on the screen saying, do you know that if you turn it up this too loud, you're going to hurt your hearing? Please, tick, please press here to uh, accept this warning. And that he that every time he changes the volume, that comes up. <laughs> <laughs> and he says, it drives me mad. He says, I have searched Google like you wouldn't believe. And he says, nobody has figured out a way of stopping it doing it. Wow. Short of wiping the phone and putting a mod ROM on there. Terrible. And that kind of illustrates the point. Is a, is a great product potentially completely destroyed by poor software. Well, so far, that is absolutely the case with the... Uh with the Kodak scanner, um, I'm going to give it, you know, some more time before I ship it back. But, you know, sometimes you fall in love with a product as a product reviewer, Dave, and you don't want to send it back. And I end up, yeah. you know, sending them my credit card number. And the nice thing is, it, it, you know, they generally, it, obviously, if I want to keep it, that means I probably give it a good review. 
uh, they'll give you a price discount. Yeah, I've reviewer. done that a few times where That's I've had nice. a discounted price. Yeah. yeah. This I'm not. No. I'm not gonna keep keep this. No, I. No. I'll, I'll happily send it back because my six seven year old uh, little scanner over there. What the heck was it called? It's the so scan snap. Yeah, scan snap works a lot yeah. better. Yeah, works a lot better, even minus the OCR. Because if the OCR is that bad, it may as well not even be there. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. It's but a, a lot of products are coming in. Um, this company, Akito, a excuse me, uh, a little gassy. A-K-I-T-I-O. They've been sending me, uh, well, they sent me two products so far. Two different PR people, so they probably don't know. (laughs) Uh, One is the Neutrino Thunderbolt Duo. You can put two two two-and-a-half-inch drives in it. Obviously, you'd probably want, if if you're going to go with Thunderbolt, and it's taking two-and-a-half-inch drives, you're probably going to want to put a solid-state drive in there. Otherwise, what's the point in having a Thunderbolt, right? Well, yeah, unless, I mean, if you've got a MacBook Air and you perhaps want a ton of storage to complement the SSD already in the MacBook Air, you might put physical drives in there. Um, so there's two drives in it, but yet it's yeah. not arrayed. It's just two drives. Yeah. Two drives. Just two drives, yeah. right. Yeah. Now, you could RAID it using disk utility and stuff like that if you really wanted to, but it's not going to be as good as a true RAID. And it actually came shipped with a. Uh, Thunderbolt cable, which, wow, hey, you, and it's an actual Apple Thunderbolt cable too. So, is that something the PR company did, or is that something no, that comes it, it standard, comes with, standard it? with it? Right. Well, that's that's. So good. I was kind of impressed with that. I had a couple of uh, two and a half inch drives, eighty gigs that I don't use anymore. They're both fine drives. Uh, they're not SSD, but for my purposes, it'll, that'll be fine to test with. And uh, yeah, it doesn't work at all. So I was a little, you know, I got a hold of the PR person and she got a hold of the engineers and they're scratching their heads. They can't figure out why it's not working. Uh, Did you try this? And the Thunderbolt cable has to be plugged in and to the computer before you can turn it on. Because if you turn it on and Thunderbolt's not plugged in, it won't turn on at all because it needs that. Well, that's, that's poor. The whole point about Thunderbolt is meant to be hot swap. Right. Well, whatever, but it's, it's a dead unit. So I can't say if it's good or bad. All I know is I got a dud. They want yeah. me to well, so- uh, c- call the engineers, and I'll get right on that. <laughs> right. Uh, because that's, you know, that's what anybody who buys this can do, is call up the frickin' engineers for the manufacturer, sure. Well, unfortunately, you know, the real-world experience, if you bought it home for the store as a dud, you'd take it straight back and get your money back, wouldn't you? Oh, yeah, absolutely, in heartbeat. So the yeah. other thing is that they sent, and this one, actually, I was really interested in this because... I. To, yeah, I've got a lot of content when it comes to media, and it's called the MyCloud Mini. It's a personal cloud server. You plug it right into your router uh, from the cable company or AT&T or whatever you got. Uh, you use a web browser. You, you Number one, it doesn't come with a hard drive, so I took one of my good hard drives, the 2.5-inch, and, mm-hmm. and I stuck it in there, uh, plugged it in, and this one actually turned on, which is cool. Plugged yeah. it into my airport, just like it says. And it, no matter what I do, I can't see the unit. No matter what I do, cannot see it. I even went and reformatted the drive to DOS just to make sure, right? Yeah. Uh, well, FAT32. Um, no. No matter what I do, their servers cannot see this at all, period. Cannot see it. So, That's disappointing. Yeah, I'm like... Wh- it's clearly aimed at Mac users. They have Mac right. software. I downloaded their software. Just we will I think, not. I can't see it at all. I think the only thing I'd say is that if that engineer comes to fix the other one, you can look at that at the same time. Unless yeah. you get two results for the price of one. I've got two of these units. They're both gorgeous-looking units, to be honest. One looks like a little mini G5 Mac Pro, the old, you know, mm-hmm. the current one, just not the new one yet. Yeah. And the other one, I, it's it's all aluminum, and it's the the. I don't know how to describe it. The top doesn't quite sit all the way down so it can breathe. Uh, it's a nice design, and the internals look nice on both of these, but, you know, it's a little disappointing when a company sends you a, a product, too, and neither one of them work worth shit. Well, yeah, I can appreciate that. It'd be more disappointing if you paid for them. Oh, uh, I 
they wouldn't be here still. <laughs> My credit card would have been refunded, and these would have been yeah. sitting in a warehouse somewhere. Um, yeah, it's, I was really looking forward, especially the MyCloud Mini, to be honest. I thought that would be pretty cool. I'll, I'll be able to stream my own stuff from home, no matter where I'm at. And I was really looking yeah. forward to, you know, testing that out, see if this would be a viable option for people. And, you know, there's an iPad app, an iPhone app, so you can stream to your phone from anywhere from your MyCloud Mini at home. What a great idea. Yeah. Doesn't work at all, at least not with an airport. And I don't have another router to plug it into to see if it works there, but why wouldn't it work with an airport? Yeah. No, I agree. Yeah. It should um, should do. Oh, well. What are you going to do, right? It's disappointing, though, because I really did want to... like. And I said this before. When I get a product in for review, like I was saying with the Android phone here, uh, which I got to send back this week, um, I want to like the product. I really do. I go into it with an open mind. At least I try to. And I think if you're consciously trying to, then you are, right? Yeah. And I don't know, David. I'm, I, maybe I'm just becoming a curmudgeon or something, but I don't like the Android phone. I don't like the Kodak scanner. I don't like any of one of these things because they're not working. Jesus, can someone send me something that actually works that I'm going to enjoy? Seriously? Well, I, I will say this. Trans International, they actually were uh, a podcast sponsor of the MyMac show way back in the day. They sponsored mm-hmm. MyMac.com for a long, long time. They sent me a product. Um, let me, I haven't even opened the box yet. Well, I opened the box. I just haven't pulled the thing out because he, he, he said, I want, I'm, oh, wait. Oh, this is different. I, <laughs> okay. Shut my mouth. Um, I thought he's, he, he's got a new product. He actually called me on the phone, Sid over at trans international. Yeah. Uh, he's a friend of mine. We've never met in person, but we've talked on the phone a number of times. I like yeah. the guy. He, he yeah. had a brand new product. He wanted to tell me about for the currently shipping Mac pro, which is a, basically a black filter you put over the front of it and it collects uh-huh. all the dust and crap that usually blows into a Mac pro. Cause if you've ever That's opened a up idea. a Mac pro, Oh my God! They're so full of dust. Well, pretty much, pretty much any desk, any desktop computer sits on. But the floor. more so the Mac Pro because it's got oh, the it's, cheese grater front end. Yeah, and it needs a lot of air. Going it needs a there. lot of air, and his yeah. his little filter, actually, it looked really kind of cool. The whole front end became black, and it, it was kind of neat looking. And I, th- <laughs> I'll be, I thought that's what he sent me. Uh, when he yeah. said he was going to send me one, I was like, well, I, dude, I don't have a Mac Pro, but if you want to send it, I'll, I'll look at it. But I, yeah. physically looking at it, I'm not going to get any more out of it than looking at it on your website because I can't really test it. And that's something that you'd have to test for like three months to find out if it really works. Definitely. So, so the box that I get from him um, this week, I thought that's what this was because it was kind of shaped like that. And I looked in and I saw <laughs> the top of this box is that black styrofoamy stuff. So I thought, oh, that's what it is. I just pulled this off. (laughs) It's called a hang on iMac. It's a, you know what? I can't read the small print because I don't have my glasses. Let me grab my glasses here, David. I'm getting old. Get off my lawn. Um, Convenient shelf for your iMac. Now this sits in that, you know, that round hole in the back of an iMac stand. Right. Yeah. It kind of fits in there and it has, look, there's like little. Uh, does it, it replaces that. It goes inside the hole, maybe? I don't know. I can't tell. Uh, no, it goes behind the hole. And then you screw this shelf into this little adapter thing that they have that goes on the other side. You can still run your cord through there, but now you have a little shelf. And they show a little picture of an iPhone because if I'm going to charge my iPhone, I absolutely want to reach around behind my Mac and set it on a tiny little shelf. Well, um, that's where you've got to reach around to plug the cable in. So actually, it does make sense. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Uh, unless you just leave the cable plugged in like most people and then just have it sitting out in front of your Mac. Oh, that's um, a good idea. I'm not thought of oh, that. Damn it. Why didn't I think of that? All my cords are four inches. Um, but, you know, you could put a, a tiny little external hard drive on this thing because you don't need access to that and yeah. it be in the back of your Mac. So I don't know how much this thing costs. Let's, uh, since we're looking at it, right? Um, what is it? Hang uh, dash on iMac and it doesn't come up the one I want so I'm just going to go to Trans International T-R-A-N and Trans International by the way is T-R-A-N S-I-N-T-L so like abbreviation for international 
Uh, and yep. the, oh, by the way, the Mac Pro filter is called the Eye Schmutz. <laughs> <laughs> great name. <laughs> oh, that's great. Uh, you should go there while we're talking. And they got this little thing that, uh, you know, those little pictures that scroll through. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I'm looking I'm looking here at the uh, at the Hang On iMac, 1895. Oh, cheap. Yeah. That's, well, it, that's, that's cheap. It is. It is a piece of metal. It's well, but you know, yeah. it, it does have that little adapter in there. Yeah. And uh, did you see the eye schmutz? No, I'm looking for the eye schmutz now. If you're on the main page, it's the second little dot on the little thing that cycles through the little pictures. So if you click the second little round, you know what I'm talking about? Oh yes, yes. The eye schmutz. Doesn't it look kind of cool? Yeah, it does actually. The yeah. whole front of the Mac, except for the you know where the the power button and the trays come out, is all black. Now, it says it fits all Mac Pro models. From Why 2006 to 2012. Why not the G5? Uh, who the hell's got a G5? I've got a G5. Yeah, but you're, I mean, look how old uh, that thing is. What are you going to do with a G5? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, if I'm a company, I, I don't have any products to support a G5 anymore. <laughs> Even if no. it is dirt cheap, you know, it's like, it's, eh. Yeah, well, you know, it goes back to what I was saying about the speed of stuff. I mean, they are, so, even the even a basic Mac Mini would run rings around a, G, uh, a, a quad-core G5 from a few years back. Sure, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, actually, I, I will try, because I have an iMac. I will try mm-hmm. out the uh, Hang-On iMac, see what it's like. You know what I'm thinking about doing is pulling the optical drive out of my iMac and putting an SSD in there. Yeah, yeah. I'm getting a lot of beach balls and stuff on this iMac. And what always puts me off about that? What always puts me off about doing that with the iMacs is to 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 get the drives out. You have got to take the screen out. Yeah. Well, I'm not doing it myself. I'll take it to work yeah, and have one of our techs know, do it. It's like my bro- my brother said to me. He said, "Oh, yeah, I've got an iMac that's that's coming up with some drive errors." Can, how easy is it to change the drive? So I said, well, first, you need to get some suction cups and pull the glass off the front. You he can, went, yeah, I'm not do- Yeah, I'm not doing that. No, yeah, that's not happening. <laughs> um, I actually bought a little suction cup from uh, Otherworld Computing. Yeah. Uh, I think it cost me like seven or eight bucks. It, and I just bought one. You don't really need two. If you're, you're yeah. careful, you could do it with one. And I did it with one because I like to take my glass off and clean behind it occasionally because it does get schmutzy stuff back there. Yeah. I'm going to use that now. I, I, I smell a new product, the <laughs> iMac Schmutz. <laughs> the Schmutz Cleaner. Yeah. Comes with the suction cup. We we got this product at uh, at Mac Specialist, the company I work for. It's a screen cleaner, yeah. and mm-hmm. it's called Apple Juice. Haha, ha, yes. right? Yeah. And uh, it's another Apple Specialist who actually makes it. It's kind of like their side project. And uh, it's all biodegradable, which means you can you could drink it if you wanted to. But when you use it, our customers are buying this thing a lot because when you use it, you know, like you get those screen cleaners and it gets that faint alcohol, icky smell. Yeah. This smells like apple juice. I thought, wow, that's kind of weird. But it actually, it works extremely well. We used to use iClear all the time. Yeah, I've used iClear. And something about the smell of iClear I really like has that kind of electronic static smell. Right. That you know, like, and it makes your stuff smell like it just came off the factory floor. Yeah, you know, I would rather um, smell like apple juice. Well, yeah, I, I'm not sure whether I want my Mac it's to a, smell it's, like it's, apple juice. It's not real apple juice smell. It's it's oh, kind know, of like a candy cleaning apple yeah. juice smell, like pine saw for your floor. It doesn't right, really smell like pine. I think the problem I might have with that is I would spray it on my screen and I would immediately feel like I just sprayed my screen with sugar water. You you're just gonna start licking <laughs> your screen. Let's be honest. <laughs> exactly. Wow. Um, wow. Um, um. It's uh I thought it was kind of a cool product though. I, we sell yeah. a lot of it and we you know, we use it ourselves as well. And when people look at it, we pull out a bottle we have and all we say is just smell it. And they go, okay. Oh, that smells nice. And they go we go, right, and it cleans really well. Oh, well I'll buy it then. <laughs> I mean, it's not a hard a- sell. <laughs> AJcleaner.com. Is that what it is? Oh, they yeah, they sell it in huge. Oh yeah, we can get gallons and stuff. <laughs> yeah, wow, that's pretty hardcore. <laughs> it's the stuff. Half works gallon too. jug, fifty nine dollars. They've you've got a lot to clean. 
I do. Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what. So I'm going to be in San Francisco in a few weeks. So maybe I'll order some and, and have it sent to the hotel and give it a try. You'd, it, it actually <laughs> does work pretty well. I'm not just saying that because yeah. we sell it. Uh, I, it's good stuff. It really does work. I keep meaning to buy yeah. a bottle to bring home, and I always forget. Do you sell the keychain one? That's quite a good idea. Yes, we do. We get, They actually give yeah. those to us for free because we make yeah. big orders, and we give those away to customers occasionally, but most of the employees just end up stealing them. <laughs> well, oh, you need to fire him then. Really I think, yeah, sorry. Yeah, it was my phone again. I've just slid it down to the other end of the conference table, so it won't be bothering us again. <laughs> good. It's in, it's in purgatory. Um, yeah, it's good stuff. I like it. Good stuff. It's, okay, uh, so some, yeah, so something happened to me the other day uh-oh. that was kind of confusing. Um, was quite traumatic, actually. Is this sexual related? Like, well, there was that as well, but I'm not going to talk about that on the show. <laughs> um, All these years, so, I thought I was a right-handed guy, and then turns out no. My my son my son calls me at work because he's on he's on the summer holiday at the moment. So he says, "Daddy, the Wii's not working." Now, you were going before, oh, everyone bought a Wii and they never used it again. My son, he really uses the Wii. Right. And he says, it's not working. So I said, well, what do you mean it's not working? He says, I've put two or three different games in. They're all coming up with an error. So I, uh, I, I said to him, I said, well, I can't do anything about it from here, but I'll have a look at it when I go home tonight. So I had a look, and sure enough, it was absolutely true. Whatever disc you put in, it would start spinning. And then as the game loaded, then come up the black, kind of like the Nintendo equivalent of a blue screen of death. Yeah, yeah come up with error um this game cannot be read uh sounds like the laser was dirty well this is what i thought because i you know i immediately went and had a look online and and yes people said oh sometimes but it wasn't saying it couldn't read the disc it was saying that the game couldn't run so it was slightly different but yeah i had a can of air so i sprayed gave it a good spray and didn't make any difference did you and, have any wee uh, schmutz <laughs> i did <laughs> You gotta get the wee schmutz to get that. All out that wee schmutz, and I didn't have any apple juice. <laughs> Gonna put apple juice in. So uh, be fine. anyway, now uh, so I said, "Oh, Alexandra, I said it's not working." It and and I I had a I thought maybe about the laser, but I had a look at what you do to replace the laser, and I thought I'm not doing that. No, <laughs> you gotta take the thing to pieces and then literally try and kind of those ribbon cables and the solder and all that I thought I'm not doing that and I, so I, I said to myself Alexander I think it's not working he burst into tears I mean like not just oh I'm upset I mean real he was really really upset sure <laughs> transpired that my wife had said to him when this first happened that day well you were playing it all day yesterday maybe you overheated it and killed it <laughs> yeah so so he's immediately he was, thinking that he broke it he thought he broke the Wii yeah uh, and this probably yeah, means I'm was, not getting another one because I broke it. He was re- well. He, it's like, Daddy, let me give you some pocket money, please. I'll give you. So um, yeah. So it well, I, I as I said, I did a bit. Googling. It turns out that this is quite a common problem that wheeze die. And as I said, we've had it since it came. Since, sure, it's since a, it's came an out. original one, so it's like it's seven, an original six, one, six seven years old. Six, yeah, and he's used it a lot. Yeah, and uh, so I said to him, I said, no, no, it's Alexander, it's not your fault. I said things just break, they wear out, and I said this is what has happened to. Him. Oh, what are we gonna do? Uh, so anyway, it turns out, and, and the reason I know this is a common problem is because on eBay you'll find loads of guys selling. Uh, refurbished Wii's or brand new Wii's that they've got on. Uh, they, I think some people are hooked into the uh, the Nintendo warranty channel, yeah, yeah. and they'll they'll sell you just the unit, just the white box, for about thirty pounds. Wow, fifty dollars. So you don't get any cables, the box, or anything like that. But basically, it's just a completely replacement unit, and it's an up to date one. So you can tell that because it doesn't have the GameCube ports on the side, right? Because the later ones don't have that. Yes. So, uh, but but the thing is, being the latest one means that it's well built and it will last, hopefully last another five years. Sure, probably longer than he'll continue playing the Wii. Yes. So, uh, so yeah. So, what one got one today? And I tell you, the the thing. I mean, it's plastic wrapped. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, it looks like it's a brand new unit. You, you haven't plugged it in yet, because you're going to have to transfer your information from the old one to the new one. Yeah, no, I need I need to to. Uh, that's find a that's place. a lengthy process, by the way. It could take yeah. an hour. So I need to find an old SD card and do that. Yep. That was my problem when I bought the uh, the Wii U. I want to transfer my stuff from the Wii to the Wii U. I kind of wish I wouldn't have done that now, to be honest. And uh, I, I couldn't find a, a card. I had to go buy one. 
I was like, I, I, might have to, I might have to do that as well, actually, because I think all the cards I've got have got pictures and things on. I don't think I've got an empty one. Yeah, and you can buy them just uh, dirt cheap. The cards, well, my, yes. my digital camera, my digital SLR takes, you know, the, the compact flash, the bigger ones. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I had to go buy an SD card. I think I got, like, the only one they had was an 8 gig <laughs> for fourteen ninety I'm like, eight, like, I need 8 gigs. And it just, it took forever. Do you not find with SD cards that you look at them and you think, how can you have... I mean, I have 32 and 64 gig SD cards. Yeah, yeah. Look at that. How can, how can 64 gig fit in a piece of plastic the size of a postage stamp? I was I posted... Um, let me find this real quick while we're, we're talking about it. Because, uh, you know, we've got Mac Specialist uh, Facebook pages for yeah. the different stores. And uh, I'm the one that posts stuff to them for the most part. And, uh, you know, it's not always content from maxspecialist.com you know i'll find interesting articles to link to and uh yeah here it is uh i'm just checking GarageBand. so on uh july 29th i posted this and it's from extremetech.com and it's uh sony and panasonic joined forces to create a 300 plus gigabyte optical disc by 2015 and so I posted the link, and I and my notes in it said, uh, "Anybody really think a 300 gigabyte optical discs are needed or wanted? Seems like Sony and Panasonic are living in 2004 still. Odd." Yeah. What do you think of that? Uh, do we need the 300 gigabyte optical drive? Because that's not even big enough to back up a small hard drive and shipping computers now. I think that's the problem with it, isn't it? It's. Uh, uh, I mean, you you need uh, when you can get a terabyte drive. But, I mean, how much is the drive for that going to cost? What, probably $150, $200? Right. And then I bet, I bet the discs will be $25, $30 each. And, Initially, yes. Yeah, and when you can buy an external terabyte hard drive for like 50 60 bucks, right? who's going to bother it with It makes those? no sense. I don't get <laughs> it. Why are, they, why are they still continuing you know. with optical drives at this point? Well, I, I suppose in, uh, in certain industries kind of you know the t- the media industry you know tv and film they need but another opticals. two years just to get to 300 at this point yeah. with optical drives i would expect them to be 10 gigabytes or i'm sorry 10 terabytes honestly yeah. i mean th- it doesn't make any sense to me the problem yeah on. the problem with the pro yeah the problem with optical is that the kind of error correction that we have in our hard drives and and SSD drives that makes them work at these in- insane high densities right. just doesn't work on optical drives that's right so, um, I mean, basically, these things are kind of, you get a terabyte drive, the head is on a knife edge the whole time. Yes. You're losing <laughs> probably 40% of all the data you write to it. It's just the error correction is sorting it out. Right. I mean, they, they, they literally are a car crash running all the time. Yep. It's just the, the silicon that's controlling them is so amazingly error correcting that it still works. <laughs> Very <laughs> true. And I, yeah. I, it just seems ridiculous to me that... It, Two companies that uh, well, I don't I know Sony's not doing real well financially right now. I I don't know how Panasonic's doing, but let's let's assume Panasonic's profitable. I have no idea, but let's just assume that. I know Sony isn't. This is where you're spending your resources when you're losing money hand over fist. This is what you're developing. This is what you're well, spending money on. Stupid. They're probably still they're probably still wedded to that that old idea, just like they did with CD and then DVD. Uh, that yeah, let's do launch a new format, and then we can put more content. We can put more movies on at higher quality. They're probably thinking, 4K is coming, and we're going to need an optical disc format so that people can buy and rent 4K movies from the store. Yeah. You know, they're basically store pricing on the the marketing model of, 20, of ten years ago. Yeah, and that, that's the problem. They are because I don't know anybody. Look, Blu-ray never took off as as a computer format to burn discs to. It's there. Very few people buy them. Most yeah. computers don't even have a Blu-ray player. Most no, computers now don't have an optical drive. That's in. true. It, it was a technology. I thought that Blu-ray was the last gasp for optical. And here's Sony and Panasonic. Stupid. Yeah, I I told you a couple of weeks ago that I that I was building that Litecoin com- uh, yeah, yeah. mining computer. Yeah. Are you rich? That's the f- no, not yet. <laughs> By the way, I downloaded the, uh, Mac software and tried it. I couldn't get the damn yeah. thing to work. 
no it's it's quite it's quite complicated it's a bit it's it's kind of a linux style thing you know it's you've got to kind of work your way into the forums and speak the right speak before anybody I, I, tell you how I to gave, do anything. i gave it 10 minutes and said ask yeah. for it and deleted the yeah, software no. yeah you've you've got you've got adhd i gave so. it five minutes more than most people would <laughs> yeah. um but anyway that was the first desktop computer i think i've ever had because obviously I built it myself. I didn't bother putting an optical drive in it. No, Because I knew I was going to load everything off USB. Sure. <laughs> so, but it was kind of strange to put the desk, because it's a desktop chassis, to put the desktop chassis together and not have that stripe of an optical drive at the top at the front. It looked... Oh, the I case doesn't together, even have it on there, huh? Well, no, well, the case has a space for it, but obviously I didn't use it because yeah. I didn't put the drive in, so I just left the blanking plates on there. And when I first built it together, I looked at it, I thought, oh, I must have missed something. There's something wrong. And it looked odd because there's no optical drive sat in the front there, you know. <laughs> no floppy either, which I was very surprised by. Couldn't um, get a floppy drive for it. Yeah, I, you can't buy floppies anymore? No. <laughs> uh, I, I remember when we bought the first uh, Bonnie Blue iMac here at home. Yeah. I bought uh, a USB. It was one of the first USB-connected devices I ever bought. Uh, I bought a USB external floppy drive yeah and uh yeah i don't know where that's at anymore i know where the imac is but i don't know where it happened to the floppy drive i think i used it three times and i was like this is dumb because i have some old macs here i actually have a box of floppy drives on my desk here in the office well i think my 6500 or is it 64 no it was a 6500 uh performa was the last machine i had that had a built-in floppy drive and it had a D, and it had a uh, CD burner as well, and so although that might have been something I put in, I don't remember. But regardless, uh, that's when I transferred all my data from every floppy drive I had, which was quite a bit to be honest. Um, yeah. At least two hundred megabytes, which is like two hundred, you know, floppies. Discs, yeah. Um, to a single CD. To well, pretty much, yeah. To, yeah. To to a CD, and. Uh, you know, so that, that's, that's, that CD I burnt to a hard drive a number of years ago, and it's on two hard drives now, archived. Yeah. But, I mean, it's so small that I, I it could be on my desktop, and I wouldn't even bother, you know. It's like, oh, I need thing, to free up space. That's not something I would even bother to delete. Yeah. <laughs> it's so small. I, I, I bet there's lots of people with, you know, old data on CD and DVD. And in a few years' time, they're going to struggle to read that stuff because yeah. who's going to have a, an optical drive anymore? Well, I, I've been an advocate for a long time, even going back to the MyMac podcast when I was doing that show. Um, try to keep current on your old data. Migrate your data as soon as you can. To the newer formats. But, yeah, the the problem I have with that, uh, the, the 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 mistake I've made with that approach is that as I've moved through machines, I've imaged them and saved the backups. I have them on a Drobo at home, but the the problem is that's a fairly useless thing to do because obviously I've loads of data in there that I don't need because I have whole copies of operating systems and applications, and also I can't see in those things without opening them. So I I have no idea what data I've got in there. Well, to and, take it a and, step you know, it's further, yes. Somebody wrote something in AppleWorks in '97, and they still have a copy of it, but you don't have any damn application that can open that document anymore. Yeah. You can open the file by using, like, you know, uh, BB Edit, but it's it's just mangled. I mean, yeah. the formatting is gone. You might be able to strip out some of the code to get to the actual text. I've done that for somebody before. But you, you can't open these files anymore. You just can't. They're gone. They're dead. A few years ago, I was, um, I was working for a university's media department. Okay, well, as the, so they hired, hired us as consultancies to do some work for them, and they had a whole load of different things they wanted to do, us to do. But they came to us one day and they said, can you spend some time developing us a SQL database application for cataloging our media files? So I said, yeah, sure. You know, we, we kind of sat down, we figured it out, and I wrote something fairly simple in, in SQL Server uh, and put it on for them, wrote a front-end in Visual Basic. They were obviously a PC house. Sure. And I said, okay, and I kind of got it all working, and, and it, was, it was fairly simple, but it did what they want. They had very limited requirements, so it did what they wanted. I said, right, what, how are you going to use this? Are you going to put new data in, or are you going to import old data? They said, oh, no, we're going to import old data. 
And uh, I said, okay, where's that? And they said, in here. And they took me into the, like, tape library room. And in there was a um, a Macintosh LC <laughs> running Apple Works. And they had all the media. And there was probably about 300, 400 tapes in there catalogued in, um, Apple, in an Apple Works. Or, no, it wasn't even Apple Works. Clarence Works. Works yeah. that old, yeah. Database on floppy disk. Yeah. And this this isn't that long ago. This is probably only about four or five years ago. Yeah, you could you could they still just export. Never updated it, you know. I don't. Can you? Yeah. I think you could no, export no, from a database in Clarus yeah, Works to I, a, a tab delimited file. Yeah, that's that's what we ended up doing. Yeah, yeah. But it was just insane to think that that they were kind of relying on this thing. I, I said to them, I said, you do realize if this had blown up, you would have lost all your cataloging. They went, oh yeah, that's why we got you in. <laughs> said, yeah. I, said, <laughs> I said, yeah. How long have you been talking about doing this? He said, oh, about five, six years. Yeah, yeah. That sounds about so- right. <laughs> yeah. No, that doesn't surprise me at all. I mean, we, we both work yeah. in the IT industry, you know, and yeah, we've seen the horror stories that you're just like, I can't believe that this, wow. You're how, how much money did your company make last night, last year? And Wow. Okay, let's let's do something about this right now because it's amazing you haven't lost data yet. Yeah. Although that does speak to some of the reliability of the older equipment. Now I'm not saying the new equipment isn't as reliable, but I am saying that some of that older equipment, especially old Macs and stuff, man, those things just keep going and going and going, still working. That's right. I, I, the only thing I'd say about the speed of modern equipment is it means you can lose your day so much more quickly. Yeah, much more quickly. Yeah, <laughs> we've both seen that in action. David, this is a fun podcast. Yeah, it was good. And as usual, we didn't plan this at all. <laughs> we haven't spoken since you stopped recording the last episode. <laughs> no. But we need to... You know what I'd like to do? Uh, I, I'd like to do another episode, and it's probably been over a year at this point. You know... Uh, Two years ago, we were talking about cloning. The only reason I know that is because I was importing some old shows from techfan.com or techfanpodcast.com to uh, um, Stoplight Network's website. So it's cataloged there as well. Redundancy. And yeah, uh, yeah, I I just got done doing August of 2011. And August 5th, 2011, which would have been two years ago, uh, we were talking about cloning, so I thought, well, that's interesting. I don't remember what the hell we talked about, but that's that was the topic because I had a sheep or something in there. Um, I was probably trying to be, you know, cute. Oh, it's a clone, Dolly yeah. the sheep. Um, yeah. But one of the topics we were haphazardly doing occasionally was technology and movies, and mm. uh, that would be fun to maybe revisit that pick a movie and uh, watch it, obviously, and then talk about the technology in the movie. The thing is, though, I can't think of any movie right now off the top of my head that that would be, you know, worth doing on. Uh, no, neither can I. Yeah. Well, um, if you think but, of something, let me know. Yeah, no, I, w- I will put some effort into that and drop you a mail because... Yeah. Um, I like the topics sure. when we talked about that, though. I th- it was interesting yeah. to me. That comparing real-world technologies to what they're showing in, in the movies. Now, we did do a kind of a little bit of that with Pacific Rim, but uh, yeah. we didn't really delve too far into it, which, by the way, we did get feedback on. We did. Have we got time to do that now? Sure, let's or do it right now before we wrap up. Save next week. No, we'll okay. do it now. Okay. So we got feedback from uh, Eric Diaz, who said, Hi, Tim and David. I went with my five-year-old to see Pacific Rim because he saw the trailer and thought the robots looked cool. I have to say, yes, the movie is silly, predictable, and the premise is flaky, but man, was it fun to watch. I agree with you. I really don't... Yeah. I really don't like when movie critics dump on this kind of movie. Not all movies have to be transcendent masterpieces about the human condition. Sometimes you just want to eat some overpriced and salty popcorn with your kids and family and just forget about stuff for a couple of hours. And by the way, this kind of flick gave the studios the funds to be able to make the Oscar contenders the critics love so much because most of those snobby dramas don't make any money. Thanks. Love the show. Um, well, thank actually, you, Eric. Thank number one. Yes, thanks a yeah. lot for that, Eric. And if you guys, anybody else listening, wants to leave feedback, you can do so at techfanpodcast.com. Uh, and there's right on the main page. There's a way that you can actually send us a voice message. So if you want to do that, very easily do. You could do it with your uh, computer. We'd appreciate it. And uh, 
I've said this before, I'll say it again. Please go up to iTunes and rate the show. Leave a comment on the iTunes page. We would really, really appreciate it. It helps the show kind of climb the popularity rankings. And uh, we'll find new listeners that way. So if you could do that cool. for us, we'd appreciate it. I agree with him. Uh, unfortunately, yeah. in the United States, this film only made like $40 million. So it wasn't a huge hit. I was reading today that apparently it's done very, very well in Japan. Hey, well, go figure. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, they reckon it's made enough money with with it, the Japan yes. takings to actually justify perhaps being um, uh, being developed. I think this is going to be a big movie, movie on Blu-ray and iTunes and stuff like that. I think that's yeah. where most people are going to watch it, and which is unfortunate because I think this is a big screen movie. It really is. Yeah, yeah, and I, I'm still I'm still in this kind of place that you know we went to see the Wolverine. Yep. And we had to pay a fortune for the ticket. Absolute fortune. And, you know, fortunately, it was a, it was a good movie. We enjoyed it. If you like the X-Men movies, it's better, certainly better than um, the the last main Origin. X-Men movie. Yeah. Uh, yes, yeah, better than Origins, uh, Wolverine, and it's also better than X-Men 3, The Last Stand. Much, much better than well, those The last X-Men movie, though, was X-Men First Class. Yeah, well, well that, that was kind of a that was kind of a reboot, and it, and it wasn't quite as good yeah, as it's that. It's not a reboot because they're that cast and the original cast are doing Days of Future Past. And uh, what I would say is that uh, if you do go and see the Wolverine, make sure you stay at the end of the credits. That's what I've heard. It sets up yes. the next one perfectly. I haven't seen it yet. I want to see it. I don't yeah. know if I'm going to go to the theater, um, but yeah, it looks it looks interesting to me. Yeah, see, but I'm still coming around to that thing again now, having spent a summer watching movies in the theaters, thinking, you know, I really should wait for more of these to come out on streaming yeah. and, and watch them at home. That's uh, that's where I'm at. I watched uh, I watched Dread on the train way back from London yesterday. I just I have that downloaded. I, I purchased it on iTunes. I haven't watched it yet. I've heard good things. It's great, it's great, great film. Really but good. Not really for kids. Got, no, no, it's pretty violent. Yeah, but um, but you know, and I really enjoyed it. But I don't think I would have enjoyed it if I'd paid full 3D price for it. Right. Because, you know, it's a it's, good It's film. the guy who plays Dr. McCoy in the new Star Trek movie. It right? is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and like there's going to be a new TV series coming out this fall. I on think TV he should play series. Batman in the next Batman He'd movie. be good at that. He was very good as Judge Dredd. That's what uh, I've heard. And uh, he, you know, he basically plays... Judge Dredd's a fairly... Um, one one track character he's sure. just as nothing else but he plays the whole movie without taking the helmet off really and that's a bit of an achievement i tell you well but especially yeah, for an actor because they're you know they're marketing themselves yeah. in movies but well, I, I i've got it i'm looking I, forward to watching it now yeah it's good good film and, uh, and let me give you, like you a warning comic, yeah do not under any circumstances bother to either rent or however you get it, even if it comes free to Netflix. Well, it's not free because you pay for Netflix. But yeah, um, whatever you do, do not watch the new GI Joe movie. It's terrible. It's a wretched uh, pile yeah. of steaming dung. It's really G. I. bad. GI Joe is really not my thing. I don't think I didn't. Well, didn't I was looking forward to this one because no, the first one was pretty bad, but this one yeah. was. It's got The Rock and Bruce Willis in it. Well, and Tatum, Tatum Channon. Ooh. Uh, I figured, how could, how bad could it be? It's really bad. <laughs> really it's bad, yeah. really bad. And you know what this gives me hope for? Because a lot of people are like, do you think Harrison Ford will really do the new Star Wars movie? Look, if Bruce Willis, arguably one of the biggest movie stars on the planet, I'm not saying biggest actor, I'm saying movie stars, because he is a movie yeah. star. Yeah, he and has presence. Right. If he's going to do yeah. an absolute dung heap of a movie like G.I. Joe 2 raise of the corny crappy movie um yeah harrison ford is going to do star wars he's going to get the big fat check absolutely why wouldn't he it, artistically yeah he's because let's be honest harrison ford's done some really bad movies over the last 10 years really bad yeah he's had nothing that's been a big draw this will be the biggest draw he's had since indiana jones so yeah that it gave me hope for yes they're going to get all the original cast uh, let's be honest. They can get Mark Hamill for next, and he'll probably pay them to be in it. I mean, and <laughs> and Carrie sure Fisher Mark, looks. I'm sure, Mark's got to get. Mark's had a pretty sound career in the comic and cartoon industry. I don't think Mark is that desperate. Yes, he is. Carrie Fisher, oh, maybe. Yeah. Oh, Carrie Fisher um, looks like a freaking hobbit now. I mean, uh, this she is looks the terrible. problem. I don't really want to see a post rehab Princess Leia. No, she looks bad. <laughs> I don't mean that because I'm not trying to be sexist here. 
No. As a person, she, she looks bad. She, she, well, uh, we all knew, we all know that she's been through a lot, some, some up and down years over the years. And I think, <laughs> let's not be judgmental here. Um, and I, and I think we all breaks appreciate my heart to say that. that. Yeah, no, but I, I think love it, I think you'll appreciate that it's left. Yeah, it's left <sighs> some some scars. Yeah, <laughs> physically. <You know>. Um, <laughs> I I'm still looking for it. And wow, 20, 2015 looks amazingly crazy for movies. I'm I'm such a movie buff, but I'll be honest with you, TV right now, and we, I've said this before, is the best it's ever been. And Breaking Bad is starting up this month for the the last bit of it. I don't know if you've ever watched any Breaking Bad. No, I have not. You will love it. Eventually, you're going to get around to watching it. You're you know, this love it. Is, the, the, I mean, this this underscores your point because there are so many shows that everyone rave about that I don't have time to watch. I've never watched Game of Thrones. Uh, you love I've that. never watched Breaking Bad. You I've only that. ever watched the first half of Dexter, which you know, uh, Dexter's not my thing. Well, yeah, I know, but certainly the early seasons people raved about. Yeah. I think it went off a bit. Um, you know, so so yeah, there's plenty of stuff that I've, I've never watched. The Wire. I watched the first three episodes. No, I've never so watched far. The Wire either. But no. that being said, David, the first two that you mentioned, Breaking Bad and Game of Thrones, you absolutely have to stop making excuses why you haven't watched these. They are okay. some of the best things that's ever been filmed and shown. And I put that in with movies or television. They are both masterpieces. They're unbelievable. Unbelievable. So right to to spend the money, spend the time, watch these shows. At this point though with Breaking Bad, you might as well wait till like, you know, after the first of the year because then you'll be able to get the entire series and yeah, just kind of, so. you know, splurge. And trust me, you'll watch one episode and you'll have to watch another. And I, I'll add one more to that. And this won't be for everybody, but uh, The Newsroom on HBO is absolutely yeah. my favorite show right now, minus Breaking Bad and Game of Thrones. It's my favorite show. In fact, I would probably say it is my favorite show. Until Breaking Bad comes back, then that would be my favorite show. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's, it's so good. It's just... I know your political sensibilities. You yeah. will love, love The Newsroom. You'll love it. Okay. All right, man. Uh, we're over an hour, so let's wrap this thing up. We'll be back. Uh, I, I'm good next week. I don't know if you are. I think should be. Good. So we'll see each other next week and uh, pop another one of these puppies out. So for Tim, I'm David. Make sure you guys go to techfanpodcast.com. Leave us feedback, and we'll see you next week. Wait. I'm Tim. He's David. Yeesh. <laughs>